0: I think we are okay. oh better,
1: yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We are so <laughs>
2: excited that we're doing this. I mean, when the last time we were together, I was like, I don't want the call to end. I wish we were recording. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was like on such a high from our conversation because uh, you're speaking to my soul, mm-hmm. speaking to our soul. We were talking about it for a while. So we are so grateful that you made time for us today to just talk about all the amazing things that you're doing and um to share mm-hmm. with everyone like why, especially I, I'm a, I'm like obsessed with your salon. Oh very how- much so she is.
1: <laughs> That's I love, it.
2: I love it. So we're so happy <laughs> that you guys are here. Let's
0: do
2: it. <laughs> Before we go any further though, what you just heard was a snippet of our conversation with our first guest on our show. We are so honored to have Kyle and Stephanie from Milk Honey Soul Salon. Woo-hoo! We love y'all. We get a chance to check off one of our major goals, which is to have guests at our show. And so this is the first of many.
1: Also, I have to just say, I love that your comment to them is like, you're speaking to both of us. You are speaking to our soul. Like we have a <laughs> collective soul. Um, do you think there's anything else we should tell folks before we roll into our conversation with Kyle and Stephanie.
2: I think this is an important episode because we all have our hair stories, right? What I love so much about our guests is that they are really trying to just revamp the salon experience, revamp their experience as women of color in this career, as women of color who are also business owners, um, and as someone who has recently gone to their new salon. I left a completely different person, which is why I was so excited to have them on the show. I was like, oh my God, everyone needs to know about them. The more people are doing what Kyle and Stephanie are doing, I think the better the world will be truly. I think it calls
1: into question, you know, if you get to create your own thing, what will it look like? What what are the things that you prize? What are the things that you the, what are your principles what are your core values what would you imbue in a business or some sort of you know new enterprise um i left thinking about that a little bit yeah um after our conversation with the two of them and so i found it to be incredibly inspiring and fun and um and funny at times um, but also, I'm I'm truly in awe of them, and I'm so proud of them. So we hope you enjoy it. Um, and again, we're so excited to have our first guests on the show, and we're honored that it's Kyle and Stephanie. So without further ado, here we go. I have a question. Yes?
2: How are we this old, and we just learned how to do our hair? I'm almost 40 years old. And I just don't um, know how to do my hair.
1: As am I. It's insane that that is the reality for both of us. But also it makes sense, right? I did some back of the envelope math. And here's why I don't know how to do my hair. Because since fourth grade, since I was like about 10 years old, all the way until I was about 32, I basically got my hair straightened, blown out, whatever almost every two weeks for that entire for 22 years. That's insane. And just in case you were wondering, I took an average of how much it costs. Sometimes you get a trim. Sometimes you get a deep condition. Sometimes you get whatever, you know, tip, all of that. $33,000 that I have spent on my hair. At least. At least. These were yeah. it was a very conservative figuring that I did.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: Are you serious? So for 22 years someone else was taking care of my hair. No wonder I did not know how to do my hair.
2: Right? It's crazy because I learned how to do my natural hair like 2 months ago when I went to Kyle and Stephanie's salon and someone who I who's never done my hair before told me how to do my hair. I was like, "What?" I don't think, no, we'll see how this goes, but I feel like I'm gonna end up with like Stephanie fixing this and a blowout. Like, what are we doing, <laughs> you know? But she, she taught me how to do my hair and it was like so empowering because before everything revolved around my hair. I was not gonna go to the beach if I had a fresh blowout. You're not gonna see me there, right?
1: Absolutely not, absolutely not. Right?
2: So it's like, it's just empowering to be like, um, here I am at 38 and I learned how to do my hair. It's amazing.
1: Yes. I also feel like the pandemic changed my whole situation, right? Like I was going, I was getting blowouts. And then I started just wearing my hair curly, doing twist outs on it and nothing too crazy. And then the pandemic came and I was like, oh, I guess if I want to look different, I got to figure that out. (laughs) Like, do I, if I want like a like a flexi rod set. I got to figure that out. I'm on the YouTube. I'm on the Instagram. I'm like trying to search for women who have hair that looks like my texture, which is harder than you Very think. Hard. And it was, it was a whole situation. I will say that I did acquire because the internet told me to buy it. I did get a volumizer, a Revlon volumizer to blow dry my hair. Cause I've never been able to do that successfully. My last attempt, I look like A bad version of Diana Ross. It was not cute. Um, But now (laughs) I can I can manage it. I can flat iron it. I can do things. I don't do it very often. I've done it like two or three times this year. But the fact that I have the option to straighten my hair when I want to and I don't have to just, you know, like be waiting for a hair appointment for three additional weeks Mm -hmm. and be held hostage is incredible to me. I mean, I, I,
2: I feel like so many people can relate to what you're saying, because especially as women of color, as black women, like hair is such an important part of our life, right? Like I still distinctly remember when I wore my natural hair to work and it was not because I chose to, it's because I didn't have time to get an appointment or the one person at the salon that I would go to was already booked, right? So if you don't book out your favorite stylist, like a month in advance for your blowout, you're not going to get that person because oftentimes in the salon you have like one person maybe two who can do ethnic hair right it's stressful mm-hmm. um it is stressful. and I went to work thinking oh no one's going to see me I'll dip in dip out and of course that's when the whole world is there and I was like they saw my natural hair you know I was told not to bring yeah. this to work you know I was told to you know make it manageable and look like everyone else with the straight hair. And, uh, it was, it's such a memorable moment. And at the same time, I, I wish that wasn't such a thing, you know, but growing up the way that I did getting a relaxer since the age of four regularly, Mm -hmm. and then keratin Dominican blowouts to just, you know, manage the hair. Um, make my life easier or make it easier for the stylist. You know, I always felt like I was always apologizing for my hair if I sat down in someone's chair. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, it's just, yeah, I tried brushing it. <laughs> uh, I think I washed it last week. Like I really, like all, all these things, they like, like, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And when I went to Kyle's salon and uh, Stephanie's salon, it was because I needed color correction. And mom, this woman. She's like, you need highlights. Your hair's too dark. And I was like, woman, well, I don't want highlights. So like, I want to give you highlights. So she straight up put, you know, peroxide on my hair. I look- Your mom put peroxide on your hair? Yes. Oh. I look like a cheetah, but like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kidding. They were spots. I look like, a, I've looked like a cheetah. And she's like, you look better. I was like, there's no way. I took. Oh, I sent a picture to you as soon as she did it. You're so nice. You're like, oh no, it looks fine. I was like, girl, I was wearing a baseball hat until I could get to Kyle's and Stephanie's salon. <laughs> Weeks in a baseball hat in the summer with big oh my- hair. Oh lord, <laughs> it's not pretty. But um, I just, I, I just needed to get it done. And so, um, of course, and you walk in for, you know when you walk into a new salon, it's I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. I went to see Tyler because a mutual friend of ours recommended her. It's like, no, she can do the color correction. I'm like, are you sure? Did you see the picture I sent you? Like, It's bad. Like, it's not good. She said, go, they can take care of your hair. And I was like, okay. So, you know, of course this, this, this young lady who I don't even know how old she is, but she's much younger than I am. Very cool, very like trendy. And I'm just like, I feel like, I don't, I feel like I need someone who's like, has had seen this hair a lot. She's had a lot of experience, but you know what? I was like, I'll give it a try. And she worked my life out and not okay. just my hair, not just my hair, literally my life. What? Yes.
1: Okay, you I can sat talk
2: more about that. I sat in that chair, of course, like totally skeptical until the moment I walked out. I was like, this is not gonna work. It's not gonna work. I don't know what we're doing. Very lovely, very funny, very chat. I loved her, she's lovely. But, you know, of course, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's young. She's not black. She doesn't, maybe she doesn't see this kind of hair all the time. I don't know, but we're going to give her a try. Right. Um, And while I'm sitting there, she's very lovingly talking about my hair, which doesn't happen. Like, oftentimes, I uh, would go to these salons, you know, I see them on Instagram or people recommend them online. And I go, and it's not a great experience for me. The last time I went to a salon, I went and, I'm gonna name names. Oh, D. Pascale. Yes, <laughs> very bougie, huge salon in New Jersey. Um, I figured someone in there would do my, do my hair. And as soon as I sat down, the woman who did my hair, uh, a brown woman said, have you thought about keratin? As soon as I sat down, I don't even think her fingers were on my hair yet. And I was just so offended by that because I'm not against keratin. I've done keratin, but I also want to be like, you don't know me. You don't know my hair journey. You don't know what I'm trying to do with my hair, uh, what issues I may or may, you know, like, so it just felt very like, I just assume you would want to tame this. I hated that assumption. Right. Mm -hmm. So even this happened kind of recently, like with this, this year, actually, And so I felt like that little kid again, who just didn't know how to do their hair. And when she would go to the salon to get her hair done, I felt very embarrassed by it. Like I have to, you know, listen to what the stylist says to tame it. You know, it's not manageable. It's too kinky. It's too this, it's too that. Um, And so it's exciting to finally find a salon where I sat down in a chair and someone lovingly told me, I have a nice curl pattern never has heard, never heard that before. Um, someone has told me that I can do my hair on my own. Like you just, you know, said you spent $33,000 doing your hair as a, from a little kid to a young woman, I've never been told that I can do my hair. It's always kind of like, see you, see, see you next week. Right. Like Absolutely. you don't know how to do this. Um, and so it was such an interesting experience because no products were pushed on me. There was no um, upsell of, you know, you need this, this, and this, and this, and this to really, to make your hair look better. You know, it was kind of like, your hair is good and I'm gonna show you how good it is. I'm like, what? And so I'm not even kidding. Like I sat there and my life was different. Cause I said to myself, if she can't fix my hair, fine. I've been thinking about going back and getting a relaxer for a while. Let i always just relax my hair and be done right? And since I've left the salon, I have not wanted to get a relaxer. And so I am so excited today to have the owners, the founders, the boss bitches
1: Mm -hmm. of
2: Milk Honey Soul Salon in Springfield, New Jersey here today, because I have been so impressed with not only the work they did with me, but with the work that I see that they're doing for everybody that's sitting in their chairs. Um, so I'm so excited today. I want to start by introducing Stephanie Lopez. Um, she's amazing. She has worked in the industry for over 20 years. Um, so her passion, dedication to education and mentoring have led her to now have the opportunity of leading her very own team alongside her best friend, Kyle. Uh, their excitement about changing the industry for the better for the years to come as their driving factor in creating Milk Honey Soul. A place of acceptance, feeling seen and heard, while creating an environment where artists can truly be artists while also having work-life balance.
0: Ah. What? What?
1: What? Is, work-life balance what is that what, what is that <laughs> that's a value Google? of the founding what? of your business
0: Girl, i just need you i need you to read that to me like every day because the way you just read that <laughs> oh my god and i was already emotional just listening to your story so thank you for that amazing introduction
1: <laughs> i have the privilege of introducing kyle Huntsberry to you all kyle is a new salon owner a longtime stylist a wife, and mother. She has spent her career in the salon industry and found her niche in curls and color. She always struggled with her own curly hair growing up. And when she finally learned to love and appreciate it, but also understand it, the power it gave her was indescribable and she lives to give that to other women. Let's get a snap on that. (laughs) Yes now as a salon owner she wants to give young entrepreneurs the tools and power to take control of their own careers and kyle we are so happy that you're here um i just have to say on a personal note that kyle used to do my hair for years and she always took such beautiful care of my hair i look very fabulous Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i will say you were one of the first people to tell me that i had beautiful curls and I was all, I always remember that. I was like, really? And you were like, yeah, they're beautiful. And, you know, of course I was getting them blown out and flat ironed at the time, but um, but that always stuck with me. And so I like, I always wanted to believe it. I always wanted mm. to believe it. And I Insane. felt like, I just felt like you seeing so many different, you know, heads of hair all the time. Like I felt very, like, it felt like a very nice compliment that I always held very close um so we're thank you so much for being on the biffers so happy you're here so happy to be
3: here thank you I know I love I love hearing them read them
2: (laughs) 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 we're total fangirls and as Ryan said earlier like we have spent most of our lives in the salons when we know a good stylist or a good salon like we know, right? Like we we have seen it all. We've had the good and the bad experiences and truly like your level of um, service, but also your creativity. Like who says as an owner, I want to give my employees work-life balance. Uh, what? That's, un- <laughs> like that's like built into your foundation as a salon. That's right.
1: Not like yeah. built in
2: after the fact. It's like, nope, this is how we're going to operate from day one. And that's amazing to me because most of your stylists are are women, those identify as women. And oftentimes what's work-life balance for us? We're doing everything and no one's trying to take anything off our plate. So yeah, amazing. definitely. I
0: mean, it, it really stems from how much experience we've had in the industry now. And we've both been, you know, 15, 20 years in the business and what we've just seen over and over and over again are these women, men, all genders that get into the industry and they are just completely burnt out within a year? Like, mm. com- mm-hmm. um, we've experienced it with some of our staff who said that they would never do hair again until they came into Mount Coney Soul. Um, we've experienced it yeah. at our past salons, just coming in and just completely taking different career paths because. It's just too hard. It's too hard. It's too demanding. It's, yeah, you have to do, have
3: to do the grunt work. Have to, you know, work every Saturday. Have to work weekends. Have to work nights. It's just jammed Mm -hmm. into their brains. And they really feel like there's no other way. And that's not, nobody ever signs up to be a hairstylist saying, oh, I'm going to work every single weekend for the rest of my life and work all nights and work, excuse me, and work all holidays. Sign me up for that you know, that doesn't seem like a very fulfilling life.
0: So um, yeah, we're here, we're here to change things. We're here to change that for sure. We want to see this industry grow in a way that is sustainable for the future. And we want to make sure that we keep hairstylists really passionate and we're really sick and tired of seeing hairstylists completely grow out of love with hair. And we, there's so much need for it. And just, hearing um, you girls' story just shows like how much we really can change lives and how are we going to continue to change lives if all your silos are burnt out <laughs> so we're definitely trying to change it all for the better
2: yep where, where did this idea come from though like what made you say I can open up a salon I can do something different I can build something that's never been built before because as I said earlier, Ryan and I, we've gone to many a salon. When we travel, we like seeing different salons. We do. <laughs> so we do. We do. Um, and I don't, I don't know if any of the salon is doing what you're doing. So it really does feel kind of like, where do you get the balls from? Excuse, excuse the expression. Like, wow, <laughs> like you're really doing something very different. And as a client, it's exciting. I can only imagine how exciting it is for you as owners. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm like a forever optimist. Um, I'm like a dreamer beyond and just so many years, like, you know, rolling my eyes and having small conversations to myself. Like, oh, that's so stupid. Why do it that way? But why can't like just constantly having this conversation in my head and never having an outlet, like, cause I didn't feel like management or leaders there were like open to hearing it. And if they did, they sh- immediately shut it down. Um, like, why can't I be the curl specialist at the slot? Like, why can't that be a thing? Just silly mm. thing. Um, And it's like, why can't I take off Thursday? I'm busy. i booked all the time. Like, what's the big deal? Like, let me just take off Thursday. Like, they're going to come on Tuesday. What's the big deal? Um, so I was just so tired of the same story and people telling me no, 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 no. And quieting my voice. Um, and I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I feel like I sounded like a broken record to all my friends. And I just really was just, all right, it's now or never, like, it's not gonna get easier. You already have the house, you already got the kids, you know what I mean? Like the mortgage is still gonna be there. I mean, it's not gonna be easier in 10 years, you know? So it's, it's you gotta, you gotta just do it. I feel like somebody said to me, you can always, you can always go back and work for somebody, mm-hmm. but you know, just take a leap. If it doesn't work for you, you, fall flat on your face, you can always go get a job. But are you all of a sudden not gonna be, you know, unhirable? no, that doesn't make any sense. That's unrealistic. So you always got to outweigh the good and the bad. Um, So I took that leap of faith. And then what really, you know, drove us and gave us direction, and I have to shout out um, our mentors and our coaches. So we we hire coaches, Um, a company called Destroy the Hairdresser. So their name is literally Destroy the Hairdresser. And it's like a very ironic name. And the reason it's called destroy the hairdresser. They don't wanna destroy hairdressers. They wanna destroy all the toxic things that come with being a hairdresser. Um, and step by step, um, I just started implementing, honestly, all the things that I wanted to do, they gave me the permission to do it. It was like, oh yeah, we have a foundation, we have a way, it's worked for others, it's worked for us. This is this is what you need to do, charge hourly. Like, Why do you want to have an array of services that you offer and, you know, men's cut is $50 a woman's cut is a hundred dollars, you know, curly cut is $150, but like they all take time, amount of time. So you're going to end up resenting all of your $50 services and not wanting to do them and, you know, and trying to push them away. But if you just made it even across the board, why shouldn't it be even? Number one, men generally make more money. That's, you know, tired and old. Um, so just getting rid of that. So that you can actually just create the art that you want to create and not be stuck in the mindset of like, oh, I just need to do the expensive services. Like, I don't want anybody, you know, in my chair that's not doing expensive service because you needed to hit that dollar amount to make it even. Mm. So that for one was huge and mind blowing and scary as hell to change from, you know, you know, usually pricing a la carte to just, no, I'm going to go hourly. This is my hourly rate. You want to sit in my chair? This is my hourly rate. And it gives me the freedom to truly take care of my guests because I'm not resentful. I'm not worrying about adding on services. I'm not worrying about them freaking out about me upcharging. They already know it's completely transparent. And now I get to just be an artist, which is what I signed up to do. So that was one of the biggest changes um, and getting a coach completely changed everything for me.
0: Yeah. My journey was like a little bit different because, because I only, you know, I was like living in this little bubble. Um, I was just told from a very young age that this is just the way the hair industry is. It's the way it is. There's no way in changing it. Like this is what everybody does. And and then I just remember talking to Kyle, like after she had already like gone off and branched on her own, she was working for our amazing girlfriend um, who gave her a little space to work in. And she started implementing all these things. And I honestly, at first was like, this is crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Um, Whoa, this is amazing.
0: Yeah. How are you not going to make money? How are you going to make money? Not taking five clients at a time. Like that's the Mm -hmm. way time is money. Time is money. That was always what was drilled into my head. And how am I going to sustain myself by just doing one client at a time? How am I not going to, how am I going to sustain myself without being able to fit in that men's cut somewhere in there? And it's true. Like if a men's cut takes me an hour and then a woman's cut was taking me an hour, I started looking at it and I'm like, I love my men, but like, why are they paying so much less? And it's the same amount of time. And, you know, and the more I talked to Kyle, the more I saw her success, I was like, she really did inspire me to be like, there's gotta be something more to this life because she's doing it. She's she's home for dinner with her family. She's home on a Saturday with her daughter. Like, why is it that the, why is it that the industry has told me otherwise? And I see somebody doing it different and they're happy and they're fulfilled. So it really started to um really inspire me to like reach out and really talk to Kyle and that's how we kind of ultimately all the conversations is what got us together. Yeah, so it, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very blessed to have her. Yeah.
1: Wow. So um so I'm actually really curious. Carol and I have talked about the fact that we've been to many a salon um and in different countries, mm-hmm. I tell, told her a story about the fact that been to a salon on a cruise ship. Um, it's actually a wonderful experience, whole other conversation. But for those of us <laughs> who've never worked in a salon, what are the things that most of us would be really surprised to learn um, from your perspective in terms of like getting clients, booking your schedule, like, you know, take us through your sort of day-to-day and then, you know, what you love about now, especially?
3: Um, I mean, the first thing that pops up off of my head is you don't um, have control necessarily of the services that you wanna provide. It really Mm -hmm. is dependent on where you work. Um, So so some salons are um, departmentalized, colorists cutters. Some aren't, you can do both. But a lot of salons really push you, take the client, take the client, take the client. But it's like, what if I don't want to do men's cuts? What if I'm not comfortable with that? I I don't want to do short pixies or I don't want to do curls, whatever it is. That's not where I'm, you know, feel confident in. Um, A lot of times they just push you to just do hair, fill the chair, fill the chair. So I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that sometimes you're just it's not that you don't like the, the guest but it's like it's not the hair that you want to do or more than that it's not the hair you feel comfortable doing and you don't have control of that um
0: yeah, yeah i always um compare it to like being an artist right like some artists like to be sculptors some artists like to be painters some artists like to use different forms and canvases you know like so I think ultimately always being told what your artwork should be, I think is like very surprising. Um, So that's also something that we're just trying to change um, here at Malkani Soul because we all have such different passions and such different niches. And some of us want to do everything. I'm one of those people that I want to like, I love to cut and color. I don't care what your texture is. I don't care where you come from. Like, I just love to do all types of textures, all types of cut and color um and some you know we have a girl that just wants to do locks and we have a girl that you know mm-hmm. wants to just work with text just any type of texture so it's 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 really debilitating when somebody's just forcing you to do something that you don't really necessarily want to do
3: yeah and it, it comes out on the clients and it comes out on your guest experience because you're not happy you know, or you're dreading the the whole entire experience. Um, Mm -hmm. And you feel less than, honestly, it really is very vessel shrinking Mm -hmm. to do, to feel like you're forced to do something that you really don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And you feel out of control.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: And I think that's so, like it resonates so much with like where I am also in my life. Like I recently left teaching and it wasn't because I didn't like teaching. I actually, you know, loved the kids and missed it. But just like what you said, like, I just got tired of being told what I had to teach. And no matter how much I advocated for myself for years, like, please, can I please teach, you know, upper level, or can I please teach a different grade or a different topic? Because I was getting, I was missing my own growth. I was missing my ability to like take risks or to learn something new or to, Yeah. Because when you're, when you're doing it for as long as, you know, you have 20 years, 15 years, I was teaching for almost 20 years. You know, I was really hungry for control and creative control and agency and flexibility. And I also wanted someone to see me and say, you're really good at teaching. I don't know, X, Y, and Z, like, let's move you (laughs) up. Right. Right. Instead of just being like, Nope, we need you to teach this. It's like, but mm-hmm. I'm a see me
3: person. So I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Acknowledgement is huge.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And just feeling seen and feeling respected for the work that you're really, really good at. I think, you know, when I was younger, I didn't know any better. So I just kind of just kept plugging along. And I, I also thought like, oh, life is a meritocracy. If I just work really hard, then I'll eventually get to do mm-hmm. all things I want to do. It doesn't work that way. If you're really good at something, they're going to keep you there. Absolutely. Um, they're not gonna say, "Oh, you know, Steph, I want to have you choose something different." No, no, no. Actually, you're really good at blowouts. You got to stay yeah. there. But right. my carpal tunnel, my shoulder hurts, or <laughs> you know, like maybe I just want to like stretch myself as a as an artist.
0: Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, exactly.
2: so that that resonates so deeply because that's yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah,
3: and milk honey soul, we want you to do what it feeds your soul, do the hair you feel confident in. And like, you need to market to that. And we're going to help you market to speak to that desired client that you want in your chair. And like, literally, like, for lack of a better term, to like, put you on a pedestal. Like, this is, you're awesome at this. This is amazing. Do this thing. And I can really show you how, like, you can get more people like that in your chair.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes to us and says, I'm really passionate about learning this. It's like, okay, let's work on that. Let's grow you in that department. Like we don't believe in like keeping people small and like in a box. Um, One of the big things that also happened in the industry, like you just talked about, is that if you're a really good assistant, you're gonna stay an assistant for a long time, right? You're really good at shampoos, you're really good at multitasking. Like these, especially the the you know I keep calling them kids, but especially the grown adults that are graduating beauty school go into these to the salon, and they're able to like do five heads of hair in a second, like shampoo this one, check this one out, go and stock the retail shelves. If you do it too good, you're stuck there. <laughs> you're not going anywhere, you know? And instead of celebrating someone who's such a hard worker, the industry is like, you know what, like we're not going to find another assistant like that. So they're going to stay in that position. If we have a bomb ass blowout girl and all she wants to do is like, you know, grow and cut and learn color and everything really who else is going to do the blowouts? She's really good at blowouts. Let's keep her there, you know. So yeah. unfortunately, in the industry, as much as it's such a creative industry, a lot of stylists end up getting stuck, and it's so unfortunate because the amount of talent we see walking in the store and all they've been doing is blowouts for the past ten years because they were just holding on to that hope of eventually becoming a stylist. Yeah, it's such a disservice to them and. I can't believe the amount of loss that these salons have had. So much. So much loss because the minute you put like a paintbrush in someone's hand who is hungry, they are killing it. (laughs) It is insane. It's insane, yeah. It's insane. And Tyler's a perfect
3: example who you had your experience with. Mm -hmm. Literally a perfect example. She completely burned out. She thought she was going to quit the industry. Well, she did. She quit. She She quit. I'm going to go work at my boyfriend's detail shop. I'm over this. I don't want to do it anymore. And she actually quit twice. She quit, got back, and then she quit again. She and it's like I'm never, I'm never doing, doing hair again, again, ever, ever. And it's just she was just like work. It was like a machine. Like you know, how many yeah. haircuts can you do in an hour? You know, and she couldn't. I mean, you had an experience with her. Like she doesn't work that way. She's methodical. She works slow. She takes her time. She wants to explain things. She wants to have a conversation. You know all the things, um, and I'm I'm so lucky that like when I walked away, and then she walked into my back into my life, and she's like, hey, I heard you need some help, and just like I don't want to do hair anymore, but I can assist you. And then it was just like, girl, why are you not doing hair? Tell me why. <laughs> um, and she got to see firsthand how I changed everything, at by the hour, charging hourly, one client at a time, doing what I love to do, having that full on client experience. Um, And I think she like fell back in love with it. And it was, it was more than just doing hair. It was like how I engage, you know, on social media and how you connect to people um, and how you are able to build that deeper connection by not having four clients, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can charge what you need to charge Mm -hmm. and have that haircut be, be enough.
0: Yeah. And Um, being able to promote yourself and really advertise yourself with the people that you really want to do like you're just yeah. not getting thrown everything and everything and it's not feeding your soul or anything like that you know like it's for her she's able to really be like this is what I love to do this is how I'm going to promote what I want to do and that's who she gets in the chair and she's absolutely amazing at so many things like it's insane yeah, it's insane. It's yeah. like mind-blowing
3: yeah literally like I the kid blows my mind every day mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> she does. I think
2: what I think what's interesting about my experience is that, so, you know, when Ryan and I, when we go into a salon, it's very similar to what you just described. You have a stylist who, you know, it's like a duck in water. Like they, they try to keep really cool, but you know, they're they're busy and you know, mm-hmm. they're looking to see who needs what checked, who needs this to be checked and done. And it's mm-hmm. it's you all these moving plates in the air. And as someone who has, you know, long hair, thick hair, curlier hair, who knows that that's time
1: as well.
2: And that also requires a stylist who is paying attention and who is, you know, not going super hot, super fast. Um, because I, you know, they're trying to get through as, as much as possible. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we, I know I have sensed that that feeling of the stylist trying to stay on top of their schedule so that they don't get buried, you know. Um, yeah. but that you know also trying to do a good job, which, you know, tends to be fine, but mm-hmm. I was at a different experience one sitting in the salon and knowing my stylist was not rushing, which mm-hmm. I think made me feel less anxious and insecure. Cause you know, I I know I have all this big hair. And so when I see there's four other people waiting to be shampooed or checked in or oh. have a consultation, I just feel kind of like I, you know, I go, I kind of feel Oh, I'm so sorry it's taking so long. I'm you know, ah, just do the best yeah. you can. Don't worry about the flat iron. Like I I, I, I say that because yeah. I love my style. So I want to make sure that I get back in that chair.
0: Yeah.
2: So I try to make it accommodating for them and to sit in Tyler's chair and just have such undivided attention. It was very new experience because I know I've walked into a salon um, once Upper East Side, great reviews online everyone five-star reviews as soon as I and I called ahead of time and I said hey just want to make sure that someone's there who can do ethnic care never been there before which is I hate that conversation we have to call the front desk explain the situation okay. hope and pray homegirl or homeboy knows who to book um yeah. and you have to kind of lay your whole history out like I have a relaxer yeah. I don't have a relaxer it's long it's thick it's curly it's 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 Either put your, you're putting all this information in a, in a booking, which just feels so invasive, you know, because um, you want to just be able to be like, okay, I need September 12th at two and that be done without the whole story. And I remember when I, when I walked in, and this is someone who is like, who they said with a senior stylist, we can do all the hair. We got you. We got you. As soon as I walked in, he looked at me and he flipped out. He, oh my God, flipped <laughs> out. And he took it out on the reception. I mean, it's a small salon, right? And I'm oh, standing right there. And he loses it. Well, he flips it on the receptionist who's trying to explain nicely in front of me while he's yelling at her about my situation. And I'm like, it's fine, don't do it. I got, you know, even though I was trying to get my hair done for an event that night, you can't just walk into any salon and get a blowout. You really have to like know who's available uh, with hair like this and I just I was uh 23 22 so you know in New York City where you think people can do any kind of hair Mm -hmm. um really excited to celebrate I think a friend's birthday and to have that happen it just like made me sad also pissed me off and then eventually he calms down and he's like fine I'll do your hair and I'm like oh geez great can't can't wait for this experience mm-hmm. um, and then he does it and he's like oh it's not so bad you know I'm really sorry for the way that I treated you can I do your makeup <laughs> he's also a makeup artist and I was like all right fine <laughs> no I was like I mean I got I have somewhere to be in like an hour so if you're gonna do my makeup that's fine but I still kind of was like um you also need to like not charge me for this blowout and not be a jerk and yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. That, that's yeah. Like not like a one-off. Those kind of things yeah. happen regularly. Well, yeah, and I mean, great.
3: you brought a really good point. You know, the receptionists, because we don't have a receptionist. Yeah. That is a lot of, you know, cause for drama and toxicity in salons. So that's one of the destroy the hairdresser principles is to remove the front desk. Um, there's a number of reasons, but you just told us one reason, because that's like, she's getting screamed at. Because she did something wrong. And like, generally, it's really not their fault. Like, you can't possibly know you have 14, 20 stylists who's great at everything. I mean, you can take down notes and you can study, but that's a lot of responsibility. So, by removing that middleman, you talk directly to the stylist or pull in a consultation form. There's no lack for error. You're sitting in the person who told you how to book chair. So, we removed that. Um, and then it's also a huge, um, financial gain for us we don't have to pay that hourly rate for a receptionist therefore we can pay our stylists better
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah the money goes to our stylist I know that for a lot of people um you know it is so anxiety driven to make that phone call and have to explain yourself yeah. and you know we're really big on like LGBT community and like sometimes like Somebody from, you know, that's trans calls in and is like, I want a haircut. Well, do you want a men's cut or a woman's cut? And they don't know how to answer. Like, I just want a haircut. Why is it so complicated? You know, like, and the anxiety that comes from that is like terrifying. And you know what? Fill out a form, send us a picture, book an hour. We'll see you later, you know, like it's like it really has removed so much anxiety from a lot of different communities, for that reason, so we're really passionate about not having our front desk. And being able to communicate directly with our clients that we just grow to love
1: yeah it's like simple
0: yeah. I love that
1: yeah um I have a question. So, okay, we are very blessed. We know where to find you, right? We know that you're amazing. We know you've been doing your thing for many, many years. Like, what advice would you give for someone? Like, I can, I'll use me as an example. I moved to the Midwest. I had a really hard time finding, like, a great stylist. Like, if I'm in New Jersey, I know who's doing my hair. I know who's doing it beautifully. But moving to the Midwest, moving to, like, Kansas City... I had, I, I was, I'm wondering if you could help me figure out, like, what are some signs, some signals, like, that someone is a great stylist, there's someone that I could maybe trust, and, um, like, how do you find the good ones, I guess, is my question. Yeah, well, one of our biggest marketing tools, which
0: um, we've used, and I feel like any professional stylist can use, is social media, like, Instagram is huge. Um, you know hashtag following the hashtag of your town following maybe some restaurants that you love and like following that those hashtags just to see like Who in town is doing hair? Yeah. Um, Mm A lot of it, I tell my clients a lot of the time too, is like, you know, if you see somebody walking down the street and you love their hair, just stop and ask them. Because, you know, and be like, hey, where do you get your hair done? Because I know, especially in the Midwest, I'm sure that you have a little bit of a harder time finding maybe a curl specialist or somebody Mm -hmm. who can do your hair. So literally running up on somebody (laughs) is is big. Yeah, And um, we're constantly marketing our our social using our social media as marketing so that we can really get out there the message that we can handle everyone's hair and that we want to be super welcoming so if there's a salon in the area that hopefully is also doing that same thing you know so like you can find it yeah like
3: midwest hair salons best hair salons just start like on instagram looking for those things start looking at people's pages and i mean i think it's a little like a little alarming if somebody doesn't have a social media page. Mm. Um, this page I find that, you know, I, I just find that to be a little like, hmm. And it doesn't need to be the most fabulous no. social media. Like, but it just needs to be at least a portfolio of their work. What okay. do you do? What type of hair do you do? Are you showing me that? Mm-hmm. That is like the least amount that you could do mm-hmm. on there. Um, yeah. So I think Instagram is a great, great, great tool for that.
2: Okay. All right. And I think I mean it's interesting. Hold on. Well, I think it's also interesting because it's not just the Midwest, right? I think it's, like I said, New York City. It's hard yeah. to find stylists who can do, I mean, are we saying ethnic hair? Like, like how, what's a better way of referring to people with non- I don't know.
0: Yeah.
3: Straight, I mean, I, I generally, there's so many.
2: So yeah, many there's
0: words. so many words. And some things people like and some people
3: don't like, you know, you never yeah. know who you're triggering
0: um I love the word textured hair yeah because it's just like not yeah I mean we're highly, highly, highly textured textured highly
3: textured yeah I everybody mean, has texture right yeah. but like when we say textured we've like we're giving it an adjective because I always think about curly hair as having movement mm-hmm. rapid movement so um textured yeah. hair highly because textured even hair. even
0: myself as like a wavy girl I've always had blowouts. like nobody has ever taught me how to do my hair wavy or curly or anything so even just having the so texture true. that I have in my hair, I'm constantly getting a blowout. So yeah, like anywhere always I always want go, to that. And I'm like, I hate my hair straight. Like my hair is thinner. When I was younger, I used to have really thick hair. I used to have much curlier hair. And as I've gotten older, my hair has thinned out a little bit and it's not as curly. And I don't want to wear my hair straight. So even for someone like myself who is like a swavy girl, we call us, you know, like my hair has texture to it. Like I want to keep my texture. I don't want to blow it out because it makes my hair look thin and flat, you know? Mm. So hard to like find somebody who does that.
3: Who's like, oh, let me put a little hair bomb in your hair and give you a little scrunch. Yeah. And then let me show you how to wear your natural texture. Mm-hmm. Just across the board. Yeah. And that's like what so many people are looking for. Like they don't want to spend time blow drying and smoothing and changing and creating. Yeah. Some people do and that's amazing. But a lot of people don't. And they just want somebody that like, oh, I can show you what you can do with your texture. Mm-hmm. Th- this is it. One, two, three, you know, do a little of this, let it air dry or diffuse it a little. This is what you're going to get. Yeah. So I feel like that is huge in itself. We get so many people that are like, I oh, know I just, you know, my stylist always just finishes it, finishes it straight.
0: Mm-hmm. But
3: to show them how to just wear their hair wavy, their mind is blown. Yeah, it's
1: like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> their mind is blown, yeah. I love that. Okay, so I cannot... Let you go without asking you two questions in particular. Okay, we know that everyone has their own curls, right? So, are there any, like whether the hair be textured or whether the hair be highly textured, are there any tips that you have for everyone? Like, you can do this, you can do this, or, and are there things that you would tell people under no circumstances do X, Y, and Z? Like, if you could do a public service announcement right now, (laughs)
3: <laughs> what would it be i my the first one that comes to mind is stop pulling your hair back when it's wet
1: Ooh. <laughs> oh. <Ooh>. why what, <laughs> a, what if i want a slick bun kyle what do i do, do. Tea? what
3: well i'm soaking wet soaking and a slick wet. bun is really two wet. different things <laughs> but like straight out of the shower conditioned totally wet and saturated and just Worst thing you could possibly do to your hair because your hair is number one in its most fragile state when it's wet, it stretches a lot more. Um, it's skinnier. Um, and then you are pulling it back into a tight bun with no oxygen whatsoever. Yeah. And you're caught, it's gonna cause breakage because then it's gonna expand and start to dry and it's got no room to go because you slicked it back when it's wet. And now it's just grown three inches, so you get breakage. That's number 1 and number 2 it causes <laughs> exactly. all types of like scalp issues like a lot of scalp issues cuz like what happens when you have moist dark places that are covered with no oxygen What Uh-oh. do you get? Um,
1: I- mold. You-, <laughs> you do. On your scalp. Oh. You get bacteria uh. on your scalp. Really?
3: Which is very common in like younger teenage young 20s cuz you know they they also are you know, going to, you know, day by day, day by day, day. day. And they have more hormones going on and they're sweatier and things. Um, but yeah, stop slicking your hair back on as well. If you want, like your hair is dry and you're trying to get a nice bun and you like kind of like wet your brush down a little bit and add a little water, totally different because okay. you're like making your hair a little bit more moldable. It's not stopping wet.
1: Ooh, I just feel like, like I, I have a little bit of anxiety right now. <laughs> I am so
2: speechless. I I'm like, like, sure. That's my right hairstyle. Now. You just told me to start do. that's my go-to.
3: That's my hairstyle. Um, and I want to add, I'm to add to that, like protective styles um, are not, what people are considering protective styles, adding extensions to their hair, braiding it, twisting it, are not protective styles. They're convenient, there's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. Um, I what I would actually consider a protective style is doing a braid out or a twist out on your natural hair, um, but you you should dry your hair. You should sit under a hooded dryer mm-hmm. because it's the same thing. You're leaving your hair really really wet and it's sitting wet all day long. Like your hair will start to like rot over time. So you need to like dry out your hair.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, What's your? <laughs> um, I feel very passionate about just making sure you're investing in really good products. I feel like that's huge. Yeah, making sure that like you have really great products in your shower, in your styling method, the whole bit. Um, A lot of the times we're just filled with like very toxic, gross things that like, you know, very cheap products can give us. It can really lock out moisture. A lot of them can cause a lot of buildup. So definitely like giving a really good products recommendation. Um, Obviously here at Milk Soul, we will give you all the tools to do that. but yeah, I think that's a huge one. Just making sure you're investing in really, really, really good products and knowing what you're looking for,
2: for sure. I didn't know to read the label until I was at your salon and I'm now yeah. checking for silicone. Yeah. I've stopped using hair oil because that was my goat. I love me some hair oil. Yeah. When, <laughs> and you told me to stop using my expensive Moroccan hair oil. I was like, oh. <gasps> I have like so much left, um, <laughs> but it, you're right. And yeah. I really, my, one of my key takeaways from being at your salon was you said to keep my hair products in the shower, not like not like shampoo conditioner, but like my leaving curl conditioner. And as soon as you get out, you put it on your hair wet.
0: Mm-hmm. I never,
2: I never did that before. I usually kind of like towel dry it, you know, make sure most of the moisture is gone. Then I style it. And then I wonder why my hair is crunchy and misbehaving. (laughs) Um, But like really simple things I've never learned has made my hair such a different um, hair. I have a different relationship with it. Um, Which I thought was like, here I am almost 40 years old. I'm like, whoa, I learned how to do my hair.
0: Yeah, definitely. Staying away from those products that are going to give you buildup will change your life for sure. Absolutely. Um, but I think our biggest advice, which we feel really passionate about, is let your hair be big and rude.
1: <laughs> oh, <No>, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and unleash it. Because Absolutely. we literally have, like, we love that phrase, big, rude hair. Like Kyle obviously has this huge, big hair. <laughs> and we've always talked about like, how rude it is.
3: (laughs) We've literally like been out together. I mean, she kind of plays it. We've just been out and it's like...
0: (laughs) are like, oh my God, I can't see. Like, your hair's so
3: big. Can you like sit in the back or can you move? Or I'd be like, your hair touched my cheek. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for existing. Like, I'm so, I am so apologize for my existence. Mm-hmm. So she started joking. She's like, oh my God, you and your big, rude hair. Are you going to come with me? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, big, rude hair. Like, yeah, that's a thing. Love it, and so. we're like, yeah, like, let your hair be big and let it be rude. Be like, rude. take up space. We're so, you know, used to shrinking ourselves and hiding and teaming and covering it up. And it's like, you need to like, let that, let that shit go. Let it go
0: and be you. <laughs> yeah, and just let that natural texture, amazingness come through.
2: Yeah. Ooh, hmm. I told you they worked my life out. Like I was in therapy.
0: <laughs>
3: I went in for like a baby. color
2: correction. I came, out <laughs> with, I came out with a new life. <laughs> yeah. Tyler was saying, she often quotes you during during my time with her, and she was like, "Just take up space.
0: Take up and space." I've
2: never have had anyone say that to me. If anything, it's like, mm-hmm. be less noticeable. <laughs> uh, keep your head down. Do your job. Um, don't stick out. Which is probably why I felt so nervous taking my natural hair to work because I, I didn't want to be seen as different or um have people quite oh your hair is so big or whoa I've never you know it's just you know it's when you different.
0: have yeah, yeah. A lot of conversation yeah I mean sounds cliche but how boring would the world be if we were all the same right like you're beautiful because of you and how you mm-hmm. are like it has nothing to do with it, it if it makes somebody else uncomfortable that's good. not your problem I'm like good <laughs> that's not your problem like, let them stretch their neck like i'm sorry you put your high heels heels on. On. i'm good and i'm here okay <laughs> like you yeah. just have to just let yourself shine it, it,
3: i mean that's yeah. what men do right all they do is make people feel uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> i mean seriously like i
0: was wine <laughs> <No, but seriously.
3: laughs> i'm serious they do <laughs> ask inappropriate questions say what they want walk into the room ask them the amount of money they want like they just like they just do it and nobody questions them ever mm-hmm. you know like, you're always left feeling like oh should I have you know but it's like no like make people go yeah, around like, I don't want
0: to be a bitch yeah like no you're not a bitch you're just
2: boss yeah bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. <laughs> Oh you're existing and it's okay to exist as you are it's
0: okay
2: yeah
3: absolutely absolutely.
0: Oof.
1: absolutely yeah
2: i think y'all are on here preaching tonight i know i think there's just so much to like to know now that we are older and wiser because you know Ryan and I are talking about I don't know if you've seen on Instagram those girls from the relaxer boxes when they're little the, the kitty relaxer boxes
1: and, and, um, Yeah. and now
2: they're showing them grown up they've never had mm-hmm. a relaxer and I was like yeah. angry seeing this because like man if I knew that I never would have gotten relaxer I would have known there's other ways to to do my hair but also I would have loved to just see someone on the boxes just their natural hair, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like undoing all these years of marketing, mm-hmm. oh of God. you know, growing up and hearing different people say things about your hair. So you know, it's it's a great unlearning for me to kind of walk into a space and still feel comfortable with my natural hair. But you know, great progress is being made because I'm saving so much more time, not having to stress mm-hmm. out over um the weather is it too humid outside do I, do I need a headband to make sure my blowout is fresh mm-hmm. or you
1: mm-hmm. know where I need to find
2: the biggest shower cap so that when I go in the shower with my fresh blowout nothing gets wet right and um mm-hmm. I can't tell you the anxiety I get used to get when I forget a shower cap on a trip I'm like no and then the, the shower cap in the hotel that thin plastic one that like <laughs> doesn't cover anything <laughs> makes a joke <laughs>
3: Yeah, totally. Doesn't even (laughs) work for my (laughs) 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 seven-year-old.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. So that's definitely the message we want to send out because I think, I mean, I think this is kind of like a little bit of a running theme, right? Like we felt small working for a very um, standard salon industry we are here to shine old school school. we're here to shine and be loud and proud and live our life how we want to um you know slicking your hair back feeling like it was a little bit too big and rude like be out and proud like our trans friends who are so scared and being told like you can do what you do but over there i don't want to see it whether it's lgbt or whatever like just be out and proud like we're here to like fuck shit up (laughs) to make people uncomfortable yeah and we're so ready for it for the files as
3: well yeah for sure I wish that you know you guys could have seen my day today because I (laughs) I was at the salon today by myself and all of my clients were beautiful black women and they were all different curl textures and different tightnesses and my especially my last two well number one my very last client came from Nashville she used to live in South Mm -hmm. Orange but she's home from and she comes from Nashville and she has me trim it Titus she's from Haiti tight tight curly hair um wore wigs braids her whole entire life and I've been working with her for now two years and she's like the first time you told me like oh why don't you just like wear your hair out I thought you were crazy (laughs) she's like (laughs) I was just like no ever never did they ever go to a salon and they were just like oh just wear your hair out it was like let me braid this for you let me put a wig on it let me cover it up you know and suffered from like a lot of you know hair loss around her edges and since going natural she's first of all she loves it and her edges have completely like made a like a 180 degrees change, um, and then my woman right before her, she's half Puerto Rican, half black, and she grew up in Boston, and you know her mom was black, brought her to black hair salons, and they just did too much to her hair, like just damaged it, fried it, you know what I mean? Like her hair didn't need all that, you know. And same thing, just got blowouts her whole entire life, until finally it was like, cool, it's like let's just transition your hair to curly. And by transition, it wasn't like she was relaxing anymore. Her hair was so straight from heat damage that we had to, you know, go back the other way. And she was just talking about what it was like growing up and going in the salons and just the lack of education from the very beginning at all the salons. Um, it makes me so proud that you can walk into my salon, Carol, and have, you know, a white skin emo kid conquer your, your amazing crown because <laughs> yeah. like, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Um, and we need to like you know really get into the cosmetology schools and start changing the the narrative from that point on. because you should be learning how to do all types of hair. It's not fair, you know that that it's not taught that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have like one thing that we do on a curly haired mannequin in beauty school, and it's learning how to press it and comb it and straighten it or relax it. Yeah there's actually oh. in-, uh-huh. in cosmetology school, there is not one, chapter nor paragraph or anything about how to do curls yeah it's either pressing it relaxing it uh using the hot comb or um yeah blowing it up oh my god hair school so yeah
3: and then I would say probably at other hair schools that are predominantly black they're probably just taught to flat iron straighten blow dry relax That's it. They're not even taught how to take care of their natural hair. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's completely,
1: it's completely messed up
3: (laughs) and it needs to change. Yeah.
1: This is an epidemic. That's insane. I never would have guessed that or the fact that what you know how to do, right? Like your breadth of knowledge is something that you've had to earn and learn uh, because you want to, not because it was handed to you that
0: that right there Mm because you want to because you want to because you you want want to seek it yeah I mean after years of terrible haircuts for myself like I was like the first thing that I'm going to do is learn how to do curly hair I don't care the first class I ever took as like a hairstylist was a diva class in the city I had to learn how to do curly hair Mm -hmm. because I my curls were so messed up that I can't imagine how bad my haircuts were. And then I look at somebody with a tighter texture. Like, how is that? How are you, how are you living right now? You know, yeah. like how are you, like people going around and like giving this type of haircut to me, if you gave this to Kyle, she would look crazy. Right. Like <laughs> totally. so I knew that like from the first minute I graduated school, the first thing I had to do was go and learn how to how to do curls. That was like my biggest passion. Um, so you have to go out and you have to seek it, you know, unfortunately. I mean, I don't think it should be like that. I think it should obviously beauty school should be inclusive and and, and teach all types of things, but that's just unfortunately not the case. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. And that explains yeah. why when you, when we often go to a salon, there's either no one who can do our hair or one person yeah. Yeah. who can do our hair. Because I guess that one person said what you just said, I want to learn more about yeah keeping people's hair the way that it is mm-hmm. so I have to go and do my you know advanced study somewhere else and yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it's interesting because I think I learned about Kyle through Ryan like so a lot of this is word of mouth right a lot of black people say hey, gotta go to this person mm-hmm. you gotta mm-hmm. go to that salon you got you know so when we can find our people is almost like this like word of mouth thing that kind of goes on and I I hope that in the near future, more people who are entering into the profession or who are even, who are in it now and looking for some kind of growth and change are dedicating themselves to learning about natural hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Ryan and I, I was, Ryan cracks me up with her story. She's such a good storyteller. I love the story about her and the cruise ship because <laughs> it's like, for, first of all, I was, I was like, <laughs> You, you're like, I want to book a salon appointment on a cruise ship. That's, that's, that's bold because again, we can't walk in anyone's salon and you are literally on a boat.
1: I was on a boat in the Caribbean sea. Okay. I just have to tell you really quickly that I'd gone swimming and I was like, I'm done swimming now. I need this hair dealt with. Cause again, I did right. not know how to do it. So I book an appointment, I call and I do the whole I'm a black woman. I don't have a perm. I have thick curly hair. It's pretty long. Like I do the whole thing. And so they book me with this person. They're like, you can come up in an hour. And this young, like white man, like was my stylist. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm like, how's this going to go? Come to find out he actually had worked in the engine room for years and then decided that he wanted to be a hairstylist. And so this, the receptionist was like, it was sort of that thing, Carol, where it was like, oh, well, we're just going to push her off on this guy, like the new guy, right? Come, he, the way he approached my hair, he never thought it was a problem. It was a task and he was going to blow out my hair and straighten my hair. He did not make me feel badly about my hair. And I thought it was so fascinating because he wasn't steeped in salon culture, right? Mm -hmm. Because he didn't Mm -hmm. have this understanding that my hair was the difficult hair. My hair was the bad hair. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, I was just a client who showed up and he got to do my hair, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) he did a beautiful job, okay? And And just for the record, I was traveling with Dominican folks and they were like, (laughs) girl, your hair looks amazing. Cause you know, you know, they know.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: It was, it was just such a, an amazing moment where it was like, wow, this, this is cultural. What people are being taught this, that mm-hmm. this is a, a bad type of hair. This is a difficult type of hair. This is a type mm-hmm. of hair that, you know, you don't want to work with that. You're unfortunate if that client books you. Right. Mm-hmm. Cover um, it, tame it, control it. Exactly. And yeah. so I just, I was so amazed that this, this formerly of the engine room stylist just <laughs> loved it. That's
0: amazing. Clicking and
2: twisting, clicking and twisting. He sure does. I love that. <laughs>
0: love
2: that. Of course I was nervous the whole time. I was like, oh no, can this man do it? And he can do it. I was like,
1: what? Did it, killed it.
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> We need, we need more of him out there.
1: We do <laughs> more of you guys as well. We need yeah. more of you out there. More of you this guys. Yeah. Such mm-hmm. an incredible conversation. um Do you mind if we ask you our closing questions? Of course. Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Stephanie, <laughs> you made reference to feeling beautiful. What makes you feel beautiful earlier? And so, we want to ask both of you: What is the thing right now that's making you feel beautiful?
0: I'm really excited actually because it's been like eight months since I got my eyebrows done because we've been so busy doing (laughs) We've been so busy as salon owners. I haven't got like anything waxed in so long and I went out and I got my waxing done today so I'm feeling pretty cute I must say. (laughs) Yes!
1: I love that.
0: I'm like, I had time for my eyebrows today. Yay! Yes. Take care of yourself. I love it. A little self-care is always what makes you feel extra beautiful. You know? I love that. I'm like
3: Botox. Yes. I'm due. Yep. (laughs) What makes me feel beautiful? I would say, um, I feel like just like honestly being seen like when I feel like I have that true connection with somebody and they generally hear me um and like it's just we're just here I don't know how else to explain it we're just here we totally see each other like that makes me feel really beautiful
1: yeah for sure oh yeah. I love that okay <laughs> so the other question is what is making you happy these days mm. Harley Rose mm. your daughter
3: yeah my daughter
0: yeah (laughs) it's so hard not to look at her and just feel pure joy I got a self-portrait on Monday that I'm keeping (laughs) forever (laughs) because she just makes you feel so special I mean Kyle's an amazing mom and she she was in here and you know we were all doing the class and then all of a sudden she did a self-portrait of like everybody in the room and that's like she, a beautiful way to be seen, right? Because she's looking at everybody. She's looking at your outfit. She got my lip piercing. She got my nose piercing. She got my hair styling. <laughs> she was like literally drawing everyone to a tee. And she was just so focused on getting like every All little detail. <laughs> wow. She makes me feel like amazing <laughs> when she's around. I'm like, damn, you got like every perfect stripe in my shoes and everything. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, I just thought her was pretty amazing. Oh, Um, As far as what's making me happy right now I mean I feel like I'm just in this dreamlike state I feel like a lot of the times lately Um, you know having this redundant 20 years of like waking up going to work not eating lunch all day not sleeping right having pain having dinner at 10 o'clock at night like And now I actually live this life where I walk in and at the end of the night, we always say it's like our favorite part and I could get emotional when I talk about it. We literally like turn the lights off and all we have are like little twinkly neon signs on. And it's just like a moment of just pure gratitude and cannot believe the life that we're living right now. (laughs) So It's it's wild. It's wild. It's literally wild. So this is really making me happy right now and having an amazing partner like Kyle makes me happy like every day.
1: Yes. Like second. <laughs> oh my gosh. So inspirational. Know. So great. inspirational. Yeah. You're making
2: your daughter incredibly proud. You know, she's, yeah. she sees you and it's amazing to see her, see her mom as um, a business owner, a boss, an artist. Uh, it's partly why I left teaching because I wanted my kids to see me differently. I didn't like the way that I was uh, showing up tired and cranky and drinking a little too much. Um, it just I didn't like that and I and I love seeing you guys just take that leap of faith and you're landing on your feet. I'm sure it is not easy. Um, my parents were small business owners as well, so I know the struggle, but it's also the, the incredible blessing to have your own uh, your own life. I remember asking my mom, I was probably in elementary school, I said to my mom, you know why do you own a business you know because she wasn't the kind of mom who can like um run out and come to the school thing because she's actually you know she's at the store and she said she liked being able to wake up when she wanted to wake up um and as not explained that to me as a little kid and now that an adult i understand what she's trying to say like she really needed to have control over her life i think Actually, there's so much we can't control in our lives, and if we're going to spend the majority of our lives at work, yeah, um, mm-hmm. she wanted to spend it at least in a place where she can, you know, show up 15 minutes late, which she often did, and you know, <laughs> and it'd be okay, right? Or she can close early or stay late, or um, mm-hmm. it was not easy, but I think she needed that for herself, and I, I think now as I think about my own journey trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. It's mm-hmm. a lot because I saw her try something hard and she did it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And- absolutely. And it goes even deeper than that because now we have people who are working for us that are coming into their own power and they're coming in. So like be really the rulers of their own universe and being able to really live the life that they want to live is just like on a whole nother layer. Yeah. That like just is on top of that because we're like, oh my God, we're have this space where we're allowing and pushing, you know, our people to like also come into their own power and be their best to be their best and to live the life that they deserve and that they want, you know, like it just doesn't get better than that.
3: Yeah, it's it's definitely really Really different, doing it for yourself and doing it for a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still workaholics, still crazy, still jamming <laughs> it the chair, still all those things. But it feels
0: different. It feels very different. Yeah,
2: for sure. It's I very, love seeing so- this. I love seeing <laughs> it. I think you guys are just you're killing it. I can't wait to see where you'll even be a year from now, um, because you really are changing the way that salons are doing things. Um, I wish you guys had like a, a map where you can have like a milk, honey, soul stamp and this city approved this city, you know, like we love our approval of like, yeah. you know, great salons who are doing things for clients and for also their stylists. Like we got to take care of everybody, not just yeah. the client, you know, and yeah, I love seeing that
0: yeah because what are our artists if they're you know artists are not the their best selves nor are they the, they're not their best artist self to you unless they're taking care of themselves and that's yeah. I think a big message to be heard for sure yeah mm-hmm. wow
1: wow yeah. thank y'all so much this has been such an inspiring conversation um you you all are just incredible. And I'm proud to know you. And so as Carol said, excited to see what you're gonna do next. And I just think your attitude and your philosophy are refreshing. And um I don't know, maybe somebody's gonna take a different path after listening to this.
0: I I hope so. I hope that it definitely inspires someone for the better. And I mean, shout out to you girls for you know being boss babes yourself, and I, congratulations on the show. And we're really honored to have you guys too. <laughs> yeah.
3: Thank you so much for having us on yeah. here. I love this conversation so much. I love conversations like this. Meaningful, I, yes. powerful conversations. And the world needs more vulnerability. Yes. That's for sure. So I love this. Yeah. yeah.
2: Absolutely. We we put our stuff out there. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it as you yeah. should. Yeah. All good. Um, I love it. Yeah. No <laughs> and you're space to speak
0: it. So it's
2: amazing. Yeah. I know we were talking about our uh, last episode was about, you know, just talking more about what we're all doing and not keeping it a secret and mm-hmm. helping other people to be their best selves. And I love that you're doing that with your stylist, you know, oftentimes, like you said, keep people small, keep them in your box so that, that they stay. Um, but it's like the opposite actually, when you teach people how to grow wings, um, Mm -hmm. they build what you're building and, and if they leave, it's good for everybody because, you know, you want everyone to, to thrive. That's ultimately what it is.
0: Yeah. I have this funny saying where I always tell the girls, like, it's not going to be fun being by myself on a yacht. Like, I want all my people on this yacht with me.
1: (laughs) Yes, girl. Yes.
0: Like, be at Greece by myself or, like, you know, (laughs) in the Maldives by myself. (laughs) I want to bring all my friends with me. So, like, everybody's got to be bosses. Raise up. Y'all got to raise
1: up. I could not agree more. I always tell Carol, if I won the lottery, you win the lottery.
2: Yes, I'm taking care of you. Like, I got you, girl
0: each other and get everybody you know
1: like on board so like be be them their best selves let's see you know let's all get on this yacht (laughs) yes oh my gosh let's all get on the yacht Amen. Amen. amen all right well we just want to thank you so much I guess we'll leave it there thank you for your time I know it's been a long day but this has been just an incredible conversation we're so excited to spend some time and um and share it with the world
0: yeah thank
1: you we thank really you appreciate so much y'all. thanks for
0: including us
1: yeah. all right good night good night Bye. Bye, y'all, Bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>